0: Welcome to the Care Care Show, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness for our mind, body, and spirit. Love to focus on the mental health of our kids. And I know as parents, we're probably thinking a lot about that. What could we be doing? How can we be doing a better job? Uh, and what's maybe one thing that we shouldn't do if we want to raise healthy, resilient kids? There actually is one thing. Dr. Laura Saunders is a child psychologist at the Institute of Living, and she's joining us for a little guidance. Thanks for being with us, doctor.
1: Thank you for having me, Kara. I think we all want
0: strong, resilient kids. But the number one thing that a Harvard study says we do wrong would be if we do a critical parenting style.
1: Yeah, and I guess I'd probably uh, describe it as an overly critical parenting Mm -hmm. style. Now, look, all of us have expectations for our kids. We say all the time parenting is the hardest job in the world. You know, we talk about the concept of being the good enough parent. You don't need to be perfect. You're allowed to make mistakes. It's the corrective action that helps um, make it a little bit better. But what we're talking about here, based on a on a Harvard study, is the parenting style that um, creates the most difficulty for children who grow into young adults and adults is an is a critical or overly critical parenting style. And what we mean by that is when your feelings are attached to your child's achievement or behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, that also doesn't mean we can't be disappointed by our child's behavior. I think disappointment's a far more effective way to um, change your child's behavior than anger because they just can can create defensive reaction to anger. Um, but you know, we can get into it a little bit more.
0: Okay. So, right. So disappointment is okay. We can still have these expectations, but let's go into this a little bit. Like what would be perhaps a hurtful statement if we're being critical?
1: So it's, it's really, you know, doing comparison all the time. Why aren't you more like your brother or your sister does this better than you? Why can't you be more like your sister? Um, you know, it, if, I need you to get A's this semester. If you don't get all A's this semester, it's a total loss, right? That we'd call that black and white thinking. So the more that you set up expectations that are really kind of meant for failure, right? So mm. so each you could have two children or you could have 10 children. Each child is an individual. And they're not going to be just like a sibling, even when they're raised in the same household. So the more you set up expectations, that inevitably children will feel like a failure or will create excessive feelings of inadequacy you're setting up kind of a black and white situation in that situation then the child needs to create what we call a false self that they need to pretend that they are someone that they're not they need to take on the experiences that their parents want them to take on without being true to themselves yeah, and when the kids create this false
0: self from maybe too much criticism or the idea that if they don't achieve, they're not loved, then they might look great on the outside. They might be getting tons of A's and accolades, but inside uh, they grow up feeling ashamed, unknown,
1: unloved, and that can be a big problem when they get older. Absolutely, and, and the more um, that you, that you constantly attach your approval to their achievements, It doesn't let them know that they're just okay with however they are, right? Not everyone's going to be a straight A student. Not everyone's going to be a top athlete. Not everyone's going to be, you know, an extrovert and join all these activities. Sometimes it's just about accepting your child where they're at. Again, that doesn't mean that we don't hold expectations. That doesn't mean that we don't try to, you know, push them a little bit, but it's to have realistic expectations and to be clear that. I love you. Even if you, you get all C's, I still love you. And the reason that I push you is I honestly believe that you have the potential to do better, but that your love is not, you know, attached. Carl Rogers was a famous psychologist. You know, he talked about this sense of unconditional positive regard where no matter what happens at the end of the day, I love you. I'm here with you. I care about you. And we're going to work this out together.
0: I love that, okay, so let's say that again. It was unconditional positive regard because I was gonna ask you, well, script us, how would we handle, you know, your kid comes home and maybe they just bombed a test and you know they didn't study for it, so you're feeling like, hey, if you'd studied, you could've gotten an A on that test or at least a B, but what you're saying is it's, it, 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 we have to make room for failure and, and by letting our kids know it's okay to fail sometimes, it doesn't mean we're condoning mediocrity or not trying.
1: Right. I mean, in that situation, so you, a child comes home, they they bombed a test. I would say you could say something like, well, how does that make you feel? They could say, I don't care. OK, do you know in your heart that you really like put the effort into study for this test? I, You know, and you can you can sort of pursue that, right? You can go down that road, you know, OK, well, you say you don't care. But in the past, you actually have cared about some of these things. And it seems like you haven't been putting forth the effort in your homework and in some other areas academically. Do you really not care? Or are you just pretending not to care? Right. So you can explore this. I'm not saying that you we just say, OK, whatever happens, happens. But it's it's not it's it's really trying to dig at what's going on for the for your teen or your child in that situation. It's not heaping on tons of criticism. I mean, it's OK to say I expect you to forth the effort and try your hardest. Mm. That's certainly a reasonable thing for a parent to say. That's different than than saying or giving the message either directly or indirectly, anything less than all A's is a failure. Right, right. And and there's a lot of uh, I wonder what your
0: take is. That there's a lot. Well, let's just stay in the academic realm for a moment. There's certainly a lot of I've had my kids come to me. Well, if I get all A's, could I get this or something? And and yet you're trying to tell them all A's is great, but I really just want you uh, to try your best and do this. But uh, I guess we define that um, a little bit more. Or is it okay to uh, have we gotten too much about attaching awards to achievement?
1: I do worry. I mean, we all know those those kids um that you know feel like they have to take all advanced placement classes or they you know they have to push themselves to be in in high honors and you know take the hardest classes all the time but at what cost right i mean at what cost to their well-being to their sense of self to their energy to their to their motivation, um, and you know, a lot of those kids they they burn out. It's mm-hmm. really really hard for them. Um, so it's it's really looking at things from a different lens. You know, I certainly want you to challenge yourself, but you you know, for your eleventh and twelfth grader, they're picking the classes. You're not saying you have to take AP history, you have to take AP physics, you have to take you know, you're not pushing them to do these things. Um, so, it but you do want to see effort and um you know directing yourself in a way that that is meaningful but it's it's you can't always equate that this effort always gets you this achievement Mm -hmm. so when i if a child came to me and said you know i i really want uh i want a new something probably something big if i get all a's i'd say okay well i don't want to set yourself set i don't want you to set yourself up for the sense of failure because then it's a if you don't get that, that, uh, that goal, then it's a failure experience. You don't get that reward or reinforcement or whatever it is that you wanted. Um, so it's really better to break things down into small pieces, you know, that if, if you want to be more achievement-oriented or your child's more achievement-oriented, you can set up rewards and reinforcers, but I would not set it up in such a way that it's going to be black or white. You either achieve the whole thing or you bomb the whole thing. OK, so
0: instead, um, maybe your child says, I want this new scooter if I get all A's or, or whatever it is. I want this new bike or I, I want to I want you to take me skiing for the weekend if I get all A's or whatever it is. But the prize, you would break it down more into a smart goal of like what's actionable and these three steps. And then you would actually do reinforcers for making each step. And then maybe they get some A's some B's and some C's and the right answer for not being an overcritically parent
1: would be what it would be it would be exactly that it's breaking things down so so you you know if earning a scooter takes you know in your mind 10 different steps um that that you break down those those 10 different steps it might be some grades it might be some some effort at home and you know doing chores it might be some other things so the more that you can break things down into pieces, it helps it feel achievable instead of like an all or nothing. Because if it's an all or nothing, that just sets up the expectation of, oh, well, well I didn't get it done. So that it's a failure experience as opposed to like, well, I got four A's and, and two B's, which is still very good. Yeah. Um, you don't want to see that as a failure experience. Right. Right. And, and there's so much pressure on social media
0: right now. I mean, I see it all the time. Uh, I have a junior who so is looking at colleges and already assuming that you can't get into these great colleges unless you have a four point five or something and people talking out their perfect SATs and and all this. Um, so uh, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's tricky for parents because we do want them to go to the best college that, that they can. And and a lot of us even want to make sure that they go to college. So there is a lot of pressure we're putting on the kids. But I guess the most important thing is you're saying if we put a lot of pressure on with a lot of criticism, it's going to harm them emotionally. And in criticism doesn't
1: motivate. Right. And and the, what I would tweak that, that a little bit is I want my child to go to the best. College that is the best fit. Mm. So it's it's a slightly different mindset, right? You know, there's seven Ivy League schools, right? They take you know two to three percent of all the people that apply. Those are not realistic schools to apply to. You want to help your child find the best college that is the best fit for them, and that might be you know whatever components your child's looking into. Um, So so it's really as you. As you redefine things, you create steps towards success as opposed to the all or nothing. You know, I'm a failure because I didn't get into the best college. But who's to say what the best college is? The best college is the college that is the best fit for you, where you will find your sense of self and your success. Mm. And also having the expectation that there are failures, there are mistakes. There are hurdles, there are barriers along the way, and that those are part of the process. Those are not the end of the of the journey.
0: Really, normalizing that failure is a step on the way to success. Absolutely. Yeah, and and that's something. And then
1: it's how how do you manage that experience, right? Do you manage it as in, okay, now I'm going to quit because I I you know I I didn't do well at this experience, or I got. Um, I was watching the uh, Kelsey brothers uh, uh, on uh, Prime. Right, you know, one of the brothers got kicked off the team. Uh, didn't couldn't play a whole year because he failed French. Right. So, so do you quit? Do you never go back, or do you say, you know what? I realized I made a mistake, and now I'm going to work harder. So, so you really, how do you deal with adversity and and those those failure experiences? Um, because we will have those failure experiences. All of our lives. So if we don't develop some resiliency and some ability to tolerate those the distress and the, of those failure experiences, it won't help us sort of step into things.
0: Yeah. So that's really important. I mean, the, the the point of this podcast in the beginning, we were talking about this Harvard study that shows the best way to have resilient kids is not to be a critical or overly critical parent. Now, I think it's hard sometimes for parents and and, and at risk. Let me just stop right here. At risk for these parents saying, oh, my gosh, I've ruined my kid. I've tried to get them to overachieve. Um, You say the most important thing is really the repair and how we move on from this
1: moment, literally. We all make mistakes as parents, and it's not it's not. Again, I don't want to hold ourselves to an all or nothing standard. I, you know, I, I failed at managing this situation. So now I'm a failure. It's okay, this didn't work out so well, the way I handle it actually made the situation worse. So how can I fix it? How can I correct it? Sometimes it's an apology, sometimes it's a discussion. So I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the repair of the relationship that builds the strength in the relationship. And it's kind of the corrective experience that helps you realize, wow, we can communicate, we can get through tough times, we can work through these things, um, and, it, and it can make us better people. I don't want it to be that that's a failure experience, I'm an inadequate person, and I'm never going to try again.
0: Yeah, and as far as criticism, I mean, we can all overly criticize ourselves. We, I'm sure, sometimes overly criticize our kids, but what does criticism really do to that budding personality, and how damaging can it be?
1: so it it, it's really looking at like how we how we set up our expectations right if if it's like you did this and you failed at this and right you can you can just like on the other end of that it's just like uh why even bother trying because i'm just a failure versus well how did that experience make you feel right that's a very different statement i mean i I'm disappointed because I believe that you can do better, but how did that experience make you feel? What did you learn from that? Right. And sometimes they'll say, I learned nothing. I don't really care. Okay. Well, I hear you saying that you don't care, but I actually don't believe that. I believe you do care. You're just, you're just really feeling bad right now. Right. So it's, it's getting to the bottom of, of, you know, what might be hindering them from stepping into something or where their motivation is, or, or why they're sabotaging themselves um, or why they're desperately trying to overachieve to to, you know, to get a sense of like, I'm I'm the best at this. And this is how I want my my identity to be recognized. Right. It's getting at like what's behind that. Like, is there really a difference between four AP classes and three in terms of how that's going to make you feel about yourself? Mm. Um, so it's really getting underneath things and not just, you know, coming down and being critical.
0: And I guess the reverse of that is parents sometimes, uh, you know, we're trying different things. And I I know I totally agree with you. Parenting is the hardest job in the world. But as we are trying to motivate our kids and we can see the end result, like, oh, you're not trying very hard. And this actually is going to matter because you're going to be sad when you don't have the GPA you want to apply to some colleges, not necessarily Ivy Leagues. But, you know, you see them slacking off and we want to motivate and we might wrongfully try to use reverse psychology we might wrongfully try to criticize like well if you don't do that you're not going to feel very good or whatever but what's the right way to motivate kids so that they can achieve the things we know that probably deep down they want to
1: right it 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 really is it uh, sometimes that reverse psychology can work and 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 but what you're getting at is what's really important to you like Mm. yes i'm telling you that I, i feel that in my life experience when you work harder you get better grades you get better grades you have more options mm. right it's not necessarily about getting into the best school it's it's you have more options and that is a skill no matter what you do i don't care if you're in a in a blue collar trade if you um if you if you want to be a computer scientist if you, whatever you want to do the harder you work the more options you have before you if you want to be an electrician right the harder you work when you're getting when you're in school to be an electrician the more options will be in front of you so it's it's just really pairing that sense of where's your motivation what is it you want to do how are we going to get at that um and it's it's really those are some really really hard conversations cuz a lot of time teens have no idea what they want to do yeah. they don't know why they're so resistant to putting effort in they don't know why they have low energy i mean you know we haven't even gotten into kids that are overly anxious or kids that are overly depressed Um, but the more we we try to help them tap into identifying what's really going on Um, but that also means for you as a parent stepping your own expectations back and really trying to look at what they're you know what they're capable of Um, because all children are different and it's it's really about helping them be them best helping them be their best selves Mm. But how do you get that? Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you, it's not by being overly critical.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we've learned that, right? If criticism worked, we'd all be the most perfect people ever. <laughs> right. And, and, and I think, you know, our kids teach us, right? So some of us who tend to be more type A or higher achievers, um, we can be really critical of ourselves. So it's almost being mindful that we don't put that on our kids um, so we can kind of undo that
1: yeah i I think the the hardest part of parenting is really checking your own baggage in a situation right we were all raised in certain ways and some of us want to repeat those ways some of us purposely don't want to repeat those ways but the way that you do that the way that you kind of modify the baggage that you come into this this job of parenting with is by really looking at how you know what's going on inside of you and how that impacts you yeah.
0: And as far as comparing to siblings, um, this happens anyway, where sometimes you think you're trying not to uh, compare kids, but they'll complain. They'll say, I feel like you give this one so much more attention or you like that one more because, you know, he's so A, B or C. Is that, is that a little bit natural that kids feel that way? Or do we need to check ourselves that we're, we're somehow there's a dynamic going on?
1: Well, I do think it's, it's okay to do a little self-reflection in those situations. But sometimes the answer to that situation is yes, actually I do hold you to different expectations based on what you are capable of, right? It is okay, I mean, you know, I don't wanna get into the whole thing on the difference between equality and fairness, right? There are differences in those two things that I might treat you fairly, but maybe not always equally. If child A wants to be a super high achiever, You might, you're going to hold them to a different standard than than you might hold a child B, but you're still wanting them to be their best selves, wanting them to put forth their best effort, because the more effort they put in, the harder they work, and no matter what the situation, the more options will be open to them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And so, when you say some kid wants to be a high achiever, and the other one is like maybe wants to do well but feels like they're not doing, I guess the trick would be that you're not like making the other one feel like, oh, well, you can't do as well as Johnny because you're not a smart ass or whatever. But I I guess the right way to say that is I hold you to different standards because you have different goals or uh, different
1: goals. You you have different strengths. I mean, and, and and really, oftentimes in those situations. The kids themselves know. Right. Uh Yeah. You know, they felt that they don't really care so much about grades, but they really care about learning all the football plays and being the best football player. They're being the best hockey player being, you know, being the best chess player, you know, that they have different goals. And so. So, yes, I it is OK to expect different things from your children because they're totally different people at times.
0: So uh, parents have way more, I think, knowledge or access to everything their kid is doing at every moment of the day. I, I think we just waited for report cards to come home. Now there's power school. Our phones are going off if they have a late assignment. If... <laughs> so in this scheme of trying to raise resilient kids and trying to do better maybe than our parents did, uh, what's, the, what's the right approach to the fact that we really could like take charge of so much, more than our parents would have even known about?
1: Right. So what you're what you're bringing up there is that slippery slope. It's that slippery slope of I need to micromanage you. I need to, you know, because I know that you're not really doing the work. And and sometimes kids need support with organization or with, you know, that kind of uh, closer support. But you just need to be careful that your level of investment is not too much greater. It's often greater as a parent than a child, but your level of investment is not too much greater than your child because mm. it's them. It's you as the parent mm. constantly pushing, 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 pushing them and them shrinking, 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 shrinking away from their own motivation and their own goals.
0: Gotcha. So we, we want to really make sure we're figuring out where their internal motivation is, because that's really what's going to get them through their life, not the external of withholding some sort of affection or love or uh, attention, because they didn't achieve,
1: and we do know that some some children, some children and teens are more intrinsically motivated than others. Right? It does work better for some young people that they have external rewards and reinforcers, and so again, that's you know really finding ways to motivate your children slightly differently. Um, I don't want anyone to overly favor one child versus another. But there are individuals who don't need a lot of external rewards and reinforces because they are more internally motivated and other kids that really need that carrot at the end of the stick to help them move forward.
0: Okay. So good to know. Good to know. So as we as we close on uh, as we close up here, that what we've learned from this Harvard study is, it actually said like one of the most damaging things we can do. And again, we're not trying to criticize parents here, but one of the most damaging things we can do is be overly critical to our kids because later on they end up with this false self and perhaps a lot of mental health issues.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, feelings of inadequacy are, are tied closely to anxiety in terms of self-doubt and self-worth. So, you know, the more we can have accurate, realistic expectations. But at the end of the day, you give your kids a, a kiss and a hug and you tell them that you love them and that you will support them and that you're going to be there to 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 help them. Um, that's really what matters. Love them no matter what. I forget the famous psychologist. What did he say? Unconditional positive regard.
0: Unconditional positive regard. That is our goal. All right. Dr. Laura Saunders, thank you for uh, always explaining the latest uh, information out there as we all try to spend a little bit better time with our mental health and being uh, better parents as well, or the best that we can be, I should say. Good enough, parents.
1: We just need to be good enough.
0: Just need to be good enough. All right. Dr. Laura Saunders from the Institute of Living, child psychologist there. Thank you so much for being with us thank you, Kara. And you can find more information on the cutting edge of wellness on the Caras Cares podcast. You can always listen on Apple or Spotify. I would love it if you would like and subscribe. You can follow me on social media at kara sundland where I like to share this content there as well. Have a great day everyone and be well.